Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big Leap Performance and Rehab. At Big Leap Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to BigLeapPerformanceAndRehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right, welcome back to a very special, highly anticipated episode of Move the District, episode 46. We're coming up on a year here, almost there. Uh, and this is, I think today's guest is someone that I have been trying to get from day one. So uh, this is a special episode for me, I think probably for a lot of people who are listening also. Uh, today, our, our guest, he is the uh, co-owner and founder of Cut7 in uh, Logan Circle in uh, Northwest Washington, D.C. here, uh, Chris Parent. Chris, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you uh, having me on. Uh, yeah, I, I, you, you know, you were someone like when I first started the show, I like made a list of like I think like twenty people, and you were like one of the first five names I put down. I was like, oh, I got to have Chris on the show, and I think just between like both of our schedules, it just hasn't uh, hasn't worked out. But finally, uh, forty six weeks later, we uh, we somehow figured it out. So you started this uh, during like the pandemic. Yeah. Almost a year. Well, so. I mean, we're st still in the pandemic, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. I mean, we're still in it. Um, but like, it must have been, I mean, I can, I, I don't know where I was a year ago, but I, I imagine you asking me and be like, and me being like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah, I uh, I think a lot of people, especially like last like May, June, July, especially like as gyms were just starting to reopen, were kind of like, "What? No!" Like I I got I got stuff to do, and yeah. uh, and so I got used to rejection. But um, <laughs> but but yeah, I think it was, it was. And then some people though were also like, "I'm not doing anything, so sure I could come on, no problem." Right. So so you get you know, both ends of the spectrum there, and uh, but yeah, I I started it last May, I think. I think that would that would be about right may where i was basically just like i can't talk to anyone i can't see anyone i was like i'm like starting to like just talk at the wall in my apartment and i think megan my girlfriend was just like you got to do something so uh i had had this idea of like a podcast like 2019 and i just was like you know like it's just not gonna like i just don't have the time don't have the bandwidth and then i was like all right let's make this happen and then I was also like, well, I don't want to make this so that it's just like a, uh, you know, like three episodes and I fall off the bandwagon. So I bought this very expensive Yeti mic, which was a whole $100. And I was like, this is what's going to hold me accountable. And from there, it took me another month, I think still, but I was like, all right, we're doing this now. And, uh, and now here we are 46 episodes later, still, still going yeah. strong. 
and you like it. I like it. I like it. This is, this is like a fun little, like kind of escape for me, uh, where like, I think I spend a lot of time like treating and, and doing all those things. And this is just like kind of a, like an hour where I can just shoot the shit with someone and talk about, I don't know, anything really. Yeah. And I, I, that's why like, I think people usually ask me like, Hey, can you send over a list of questions? And I'm like, I don't have one. <laughs> I was like, I don't have one. So I, I just like, I'm just like, I just want to talk and like get your story, get your background. And then we'll just kind of like let the conversation flow because I feel like those are like the best kind of conversations. Whereas like, if I'm just, Hey, where were you born? Where did you get your start? Where did you, you know, right. you know, what, what are your influences? You know? And, and like, it just kind of like, it's just question after question after question. I feel like that gets a little like monotonous. Whereas like, if I can like make, make it fun or, or, you know, make it more, a little more interesting and kind of free flowing. I think people, I think the it's, it's better for the guest as well as the listener. So oh, totally. I just try and just, you know, be nice and easy. Are you, are you a big podcast guy? Yeah. Um, I like, you know, I go back and forth from podcasts to audiobooks. Um, uh, I feel like they're a great tool to learn. Um, what are some of your uh, top podcasts? Um, what is the, the name of the one, the CrossFit in Boston? Um, Invictus? What is it? Invictus? There's, they have one, they have a podcast, something of excellence. Um, oh, I think I've, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Um, just like they have a tight community, um, yeah. and they kind of run a real tight ship over there as far as like protecting their athletes and, um, how they program. And I, I really, I learn a lot from them. Um, also like a bunch of leadership podcasts, Okay. Um, you know, Spotify kind of dictates it for me. They're right. Like, right. You, you might like this. So I just, you know, I you listen to Jocko at all. I did a little bit. Um, but I got away from like that kind of like that kind of leadership funny stuff or like, uh, uh-huh. you know, um, into like, okay, I have like an hour or 40 minutes or 30 minutes to listen to something. Um, and this is like my reading time. So I might as well like find some good deep thought stuff. Um, whereas Jocko has that for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I tailor it to what I'm feeling that day. I haven't been oh. feeling that lately. I like that. I think, yeah, he's a little more like rah, rah, like in your face, I think. Yeah. And there's like a certain, like, I appreciate his, um, his book, you know, but like, I think, yeah, I think when you're listening to him every day, every week, <laughs> the book is intense too. Um, yeah. him and Goggins are just mm-hmm. like, they're a lot for me. Oh yeah. I, I think <laughs> I'm, I, I don't think I'm the, the kind of guy that's like in your face, like yelling at you. And I don't think I'm that kind of like guy. Uh, but, but I think I, I appreciate some of their stuff. Um, where, you know, I think like Goggins is kind of like, Hey, nobody cares. Try harder. And, you know, and, and right. I think, you know, there's like a certain extent to that where like we get caught up in like this whole, like, Oh, what was me and blah, blah, blah. My totally. issues are, are awful. But I, you know, and there's like this whole, you know, no one cares, try harder. And, yeah. and I definitely like appreciate that. And then, you know, extreme ownership. I thought that was like a great, especially as like a business owner. I think that's like such a, uh, like one of those like classic books that everyone should probably read. hundred percent. It is. It's a, it's a book that I think everyone needs to, uh, needs to read um just for like self-accountability 
it really uh, not even business related. I, I say every business owner, but like, I think every, every person should every person. <laughs> probably should read it just for that, that, that accountability factor where people, you know, uh, don't take ownership of certain things for whatever reason. And, you know, whether they do it on purpose or not, I think, you know, it kind of like lets you like reflect and be like, am I doing that? And, and so I think it's like a pretty powerful thing. hundred percent. Agreed. What, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on doing a, a cut seven podcast? I mean, I think, I think, I think a cut cast could be, could be something that would be uh, highly sought after. Yeah. I mean, if, if there were 28 hours in a day, perfect. It would, it would totally probably get one episode a month. There you go. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I love educating. We, we do our blog. Um, mm -hmm. We do, uh, we have a video series called Y7 where we do a lot of uh, like vlogging and mm -hmm. um, educating our population and our community that way um, and beyond. Um, but you know, it's something that I would love to do, but just can't. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things you would love to do. Yeah. Like vacation, <laughs> you know. <laughs> have, a, have a life outside of have the gym. Have a life. Yes, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so let's, let's talk about the start here, like your start. Uh, where did, when did you first make the jump into fitness? When did you realize that fitness was going to be your career? Um, well, I guess when I met my wife, Alex, um, I was training her and she was the first person to really say, uh, you're, you should be doing this as your job, whereas it was a hobby. Um, and I never really considered it. I kind of, I was an accountant and I, I enjoyed accounting. Uh, I was, you know, doing well in my career and she kind of showed me a different side of myself. So I started teaching classes as well as personal training. Um, and then I just started having way more fun um, doing the training. And honestly, when I was an accountant, I stopped really pursuing knowledge about accounting. Mm -hmm. It was like, you get trained at your job, you go to school, whatever. Like there's these little bullshit continuing education classes that your job makes you take. Um, but I really had a passion to learn about fitness and the body and the mind. And uh, so because of that, I couldn't, I couldn't do both. Right. Um, I was in school at the time as well. I was in grad school. So the first thing to go was grad school. So I quit grad school so I could open up more time for training. And I was still working nine to five, training every morning, every night, in between work, every week, every day during the week or wow. uh, Saturday and Sunday. So then I was like getting burnt out, you know, I was burning out once a month. Um, and so I asked my boss if I could work from home a couple of days a week. And she gave me that, uh, that option to kind of not go in. So lunch breaks, training, oh, um, God. you know, uh, so it made life a lot easier and teaching classes a lot easier. Um, and then honestly, like that was like maybe five years of my life just doing that. Then I was teaching this boot camp, and I was just getting exhausted about being outside 
um, because it was weather, you know, the wet, it was weather dependent. The people who were in the boot camp did not care about the weather. Were they you were here like, you're showing up. <laughs> was this here in DC? This was in Arlington. Okay. Yeah. So, so awful weather. It was just like, you know, like this, even this year, you know, the snow, the rain, the freezing rain, and I'm waking up for it for, you know, these like 20 to 30 people who wanted to come to a boot camp, you know, every day. And it just got exhausting. And I'm like, I got to find a space that's inside. I got to take this class inside. Um, right. And that was, and Alex was doing it as well. Alex was teaching classes. She was more indoor. Um, she didn't really teach the outdoor boot camps. Um, but after we got married, I was like on the plane ride home from our honeymoon. I'm like, now I'm going to go into business mode. Like, mm -hmm. And I'm going to tr try my hardest to make this thing happen. So, you know, you go into planning a wedding, right into planning a business. <laughs> um, I honestly didn't know my wife very well, you know, in that two year span. Yeah. All just like project based, like marriage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we just, we put together a business plan and just made it happen. It kind of like, you know, for some folks, it they make a decision before trying it. Yeah. Um, like you buy your microphone before you actually have the podcast. Like you're taking a risk there. Yep. Right. Um, and I think my parents taught me at a very early age, we're not buying you the basketball sneakers until you start playing basketball. Like, you know, <laughs> get the basketball sneakers first. Let me see you shoot a jump shot. <laughs> so... I was lucky in that I tried it first and then like took a huge risk. That's good. Instead of uh, pulling the trigger, riding the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so at what point did you then quit your, the accounting job? When were you like, this is, I'm over this, I'm done. So once we, um, so in that time, I had an arrangement where I was able to work from home um, like three or four days a week. And so even with that, I decided to leave the job mm -hmm. once cut seven opened. Um, okay. So it coincided with the opening of cut seven. Right. Um, so, but then we found out that we were having a baby and, you know, after doing some research about how much insurance costs, <laughs> I decided to stay. I decided to stay with uh, my accounting job for as long as I could. Yeah. And I had been doing it for like five or no, like seven or eight years. So I could kind of do it in my sleep. Yeah. Um, which like I needed to because I was, we opened cut seven and I was still, I was, I mean, I had this business and I had a job. So I, yeah. would, I would teach two classes in the morning, stay here, put my work clothes on and bike to work. Oh my God. And then like scoot out of there early and like change beforehand and bike back to cut seven and teach two more classes. Oh my God. Um, so like... <laughs> 
it was a lot, but yeah. you know, we ha- I had to, cause like that's I had a kid happens. coming. That's, that's and, what happens. And then, so you finally, you take the plunge. So when, when was, when did this happen then? Cause you opened cut in 2016. Yeah. 2016, late 2016 is when we had our, uh, our pop-ups and stuff like that. Okay. Um, the doors to 1101, uh, 1101 Rhode Island Ave opened in January of 2017. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> we had the baby in June. We had Mac in June. Mm-hmm. So, and right after Mac was born, I was like, okay, I'm quitting now. But that was like a pipe dream as well. Um, just, there was, there was no way to quit. We were barely making payroll. So like I had to use my salary to pay people because the revenue wasn't there. These are all the things people don't necessarily realize that are happening when you, when you start a business. It, <laughs> people are like, you're so lucky. You have your own business. It's like, you know what? I am. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very fucking lucky, but you got to love this stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to absolutely love this shit to go through some of the shit that you're going to have to go through. Oh yeah. The, the it, it puts you through the fucking grinder for sure. I think uh, there's a lot of great things about, cause I mean, at this, at this point in time, I, I consider myself unemployable. I, I, I don't think I could go work for someone in any other field again. Like this is, okay. this is it for me. Like I can't go to back to a traditional PT clinic. I can't go to another PT. Clinic. I um, this is it. This is the only option I have. Um, is that, is that how you, you feel? I, I mean, it's not that I feel like I work for everyone right now. Well, there is that too, you know? So like I can take shit and take orders, Mm -hmm. like the best of them. Okay. But I have a certain standard that not a lot of, uh, businesses out there are willing to put the work into, to live up to. So in that, I think I would be pretty frustrating to work with. So I don't think that anyone would ever employ me. <laughs> well, then there you go. I guess that's the yeah. answer. I guess that's the answer. Uh, now, when we talk about a job versus a business, do you have a job or do you have a business? Depends on the day. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like it's a job in that some days I don't want to work yeah. and I have to, um, I have to go in, I have to train, I have to do X, Y, and Z. Um, it's a business in that I have a responsibility to others, mm-hmm. um, for the way they eat and how they live their lives. The scary thing. <laughs> it, it is. If you think about it, if you really like sit down and think about it. You're like, Oh, wow. like if this thing fails, then there's a bunch of people who are asked out. Yep. And that not just like, uh, people, employees, it's the community who relies on this place to sweat, um, to see their friends. Uh, it keeps them in the city, their neighborhood. Um, it, it ripples. It's not just a one person thing. Um, if you go down, who is going to care for this person who knows that uh, that person's injury the way you do? So this person has to now start at square one. So it just puts everyone in a, a very stressful um, 
situation, which will have ripples on their lives. Yeah. So, but you know, that's not something I wake up and think about every day. No, no <laughs> existential questions we ask right. here in the district. That's, 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 that's what it is. How do you, how do you handle those days where you're, you're not really feeling it, where you're not like, you're like, I gotta, uh, shit, I gotta get to the gym and train. How do you handle those, those mornings? You know, I think in the beginning it was harder. Um, the beginning of like my professional career, it was harder to, to talk myself into it, but you have this muscle memory of when I get there, it's going, I'm going to feel so good. Like once I'm in it, you know, it's like the, it's like the workout. Once you get past the warm up and like you're in it, it just starts, you start flowing. Just got to show up. Yeah. You just got to show up. And I, I have that muscle memory to know, like, when I'm not feeling it, all I got to do is show up and the rest will take care of itself. Like, it's just, it's ingrained in me at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, I think the, the unique thing about cut seven that you guys do is, is that it's, you know, really based around the, like the team concept, the camaraderie component, what, you know, at what point in your development of cut seven, were you just like, Hey, like, group fitness is group fitness, but I want to make it about the team and not the individual. I think it was, um, it was like my birthday, um, years ago and I had a huge group and we, we went to New York city and we did a bunch of workouts as a big fitness crawl because the boutique fitness wasn't really a thing in DC yet. So we were going to all these different gyms and we were like a squad. Like we were getting fired up. We were yelling, hooting and hollering for each other. There were people that should not have been there. They should not have been working out at one of these places, let alone all of them. But we like turned these places upside down. I mean, with our camaraderie and with like the positivity that we brought to it. So we went, we already had the workout format down and then we took that and brought it into our classes that we were teaching. So I was teaching at like Orange Theory. Uh, Alex was teaching at uh, Washington Sports Club in the White House. We started implementing the team aspect into these classes and seeing how it how people did with it. And it just changed the dynamic of every class. Um, and it changed our lives. Um, we, we started to not just accept people for like, you're a member of cut seven. You're now a cut seven athlete. We're on the right. same team. Like I'm going to rely on you as much as you're going to rely on me. We're going to get better together. Um, and we started like really living that life with people and the response was just so natural. Um, people, people wanted to help each other. It got down to like the most base fundamental quality of humankind of just like being there for one another. And it was so natural. We didn't have to sell it at all. Right. It just happened. So what, what were some of the things you went into like implementing that? Was it, you know, in terms of like, creating those, those connections with, with members? I think once 
someone sees that you actually care, the uh, the connections made. Yeah, I think you can walk into a lot of group fitness studios, and you're essentially a number. Um, no one knows your name. No one cares. No one asks. Um, no one knows if you're injured. You could be struggling. Nobody cares. Nobody asks. They just show you the workout. Do it. Get out of here. See you next week. Love you. It's just so <laughs> inauthentic. Right. But if you have a coach that says, listen, today you fucking sucked. You were a hamper in a, and you brought the whole room down. What's going on? What can we, what can we do? Like, let's get real. Yeah. What's going on with you today? Can I help? Like to have like a hard conversation, not after or before class, during, yeah. during class. And like, that might be too personal for some people to be held accountable in that way. But we made the decision very early that we don't fucking care. <laughs> Like you're either in this or you're not. And we don't, if you're a type of person that just wants to be anonymous when you walk in here and walk out, this probably isn't for you. Right. Yeah. Because if I know what you can do, I'm going to know, I'm going to want to know why you're not doing that today because that affects me. Like in how I approach you, if you're injured or if you like your dog died yesterday, then I might need to know. So I don't fucking hammer you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be, that would be a good thing to know. Oh, by the way, and, my dog died. And nobody asks these questions. Like you have a personal trainer, the personal trainer will know, but you walk into a group fitness studio, like, and you're like, kind of have that like teary look to your face. Right. Your, your instructor is going to stay away from you because they don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation. We, yeah. we attacked. Attack. Attack. How do you, how do you train your coaches to be on top of things like that? Well, we hire, we hire for the type of person that has those interpersonal skills. First and foremost, we can train the technical skills. Mm -hmm. um, the technical skills might take a year to learn, but if you come in with a strong base, we can train you up to a level um, where it will be better. It'll far surpass most of the trainers in DC. What we can't train is empathy. Right, the soft skills. Soft skills. You have to come in with a little bit of that training on your own. I, I call it the, uh, the beer at the bar test. And is it someone that I would wanna get a beer at the bar with? And, and if it's not, well then you're probably not someone I wanna hire. And you're probably not someone that the patients here at big league will want to work with. Absolutely. Cause I think, go ahead, go ahead. Well, just to take the beer in the bar uh, example there, that's exactly what you're in. You're, you're getting a beer at the bar, right? Yeah. You're with someone for an hour and then afterward they want to chat about something totally unrelated. Exactly. Exactly. So can you, can you hold a conversation with them? Can they feel comfortable around you? Do they open up to you? Because, yeah, I think, you know, especially, you know, I think in the health and fitness world, it's, it's extremely personal, you know, whether it's, you know, weight loss you're, you're, you're dealing with or whether it's 
um, you know, first time in the gym or whether it's, you know, whatever else is going on in their life. I think they're, um, I I think it it becomes very, um, personal for people. So like to have someone who can tap into that, I think becomes so important. And, you know, for us, you know, you know, dealing with pain, someone who's dealt with, you know, chronic pain for the last five, 10 years, you know, that's a, a heavy burden to walk around with lower back pain for five years. And then to finally get to like, put it on somebody it's you know it, you want to make sure it's someone who's like gonna respond appropriately yeah mike how many times has someone cried in your in like a session with you oh man yeah that that happens yeah like uh i, I don't know how many times too many times to count too many times to count whether it's you know they've they've been through the ringer they've been through you know five different you know orthopedists or physical therapists or or maybe they're not getting better you know also you know that like it, it becomes an emotional experience for people where they, you know, yeah, they, they lose it or, or they get better and they're able to, you know, bend over and pick up their kid for the first time in, in a year. And, uh, and so it's, it's, you know, all these things are tied in with our emotions so deeply that, um, you know, you, you need to make sure that you can ha- handle that. There's, there's, it's a rare thing for someone to have a place where they can have space to do that safely. No one can go to work and cry. You know, it's just like, do you need a day? Do you need to go home? Like, I see you're having a day. Like, their boss doesn't want to fucking deal with it, right? But right. you come here and you cry, I'm fucking hugging you. I'm pumped. Like, yeah. we are having a breakthrough here, like, emotionally, physically, and they're tied together. So, like, we're going to get through this. They feel like they're in a safe space. There's no bigger compliment than having someone feel safe around in cut seven or around you um, for a fitness professional and not enough fitness professionals. A lot of fitness professionals want to uh, segment, like not have to deal with that section, that part of the job. Yeah. So they never make a real connection, a real bond. So they never have a real person that they just have a dollar bill coming in. Yeah. They're not, there's no connection there. So. I I mean, I view what we do more as coaches, like a, like a physio coach than a, like a physical therapist, because we do so many different things like that, where it's, it's cause it's, it's easy to segment and be like, all right, like we're here and we're just going to work on your shoulder. And I don't really care how your day went. And that's how like, you know, traditional physical therapy is you go, you get your 15 minutes with a therapist and you get passed off to an aide. You get, you know, put in the corner, do exercises by yourself. And, and yeah, you don't get that time to be like, how's your day? How's your, how's your life? You know, what's, what's going on in school? What's going on at work? How's your, how's your wife? How's your kids? And, and as a result, yeah, people, you know, you, you miss a lot of things too. Like, you know, someone comes in and they're like, Oh, I'm super stressed at work. I'm not sleeping. And like, that's probably why part of why your back hurts, you know? So, um, you know, we want to make sure that like you're able to seal those things. Cause it's like, sure. Like, you know, we can, you know, stretch the hell out of your shoulder. We can, you know, load your shoulder, do all the exercises, you know, we want, but are we actually getting down to what's the root cause? Cause like no amount of like range of motion, uh, strengthening or, you know, whatever is going to help you if you're sleeping four hours a night you know, and you're super stressed and you're working 12 hours a day, at your job, like, guess what? That's probably, you know, the, uh, the root cause here. So we want to like, make sure you can get to things like that so that people aren't just 
you know, like, well, I did physical therapy. It didn't work. And it's like, right. well, you know, what, what, what exactly did you do? Yeah. And, and, and we're not trying to like replace psychotherapy. This is not, this is no. like the last thing a trainer or like a fitness professional wants to do. Um, but we do have to find out more about each person's lives so we can be the most effective and try to get down to why their movement is dysfunctional. Um, why they're not able to perform in the way that they expect themselves to. Um, and there aren't enough people out there who are willing to ask those questions. And we created a business that that's kind of the root. Like we are going to dig in um, like, <laughs> and we're going to challenge you physically and mentally. Um, so whether you're in for it or not, it's up to you to figure out. That's and then, um, and then, and then I think you know if if it is something that is deeper like that, then I think we have the skills to be like, hey, like, you know, you should you know maybe go down this this route and and you know and and get that taken care of versus yeah. just kind of like just putting a bandaid on it and saving it right. for another day. Like, hey, you got to sleep. You got to sleep. Right. What are you exactly. doing? You're supposed to be sleeping. Really? You're not. It's your job. Well, get a new one. I don't know. Go talk to someone about it. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I like how you have these conversations just played out in your head already. I've had, a, I've had 7 million of them, you know? Um, yes. And I'm not trying to solve anyone's problems ever. No. I'm never trying to like step on, like, I know more than you do. I'm just like, let's start dealing with some stuff. Start, start there. Dealing um, with some stuff. They've already like, made the taken taken the initiative to do physical therapy to take a class so let that's a that's already big a big change that they've accepted and put the effort into there's more there's always more that needs to change and since we are probably few maybe a couple of the few people who have like an hour with them weekly, we almost have a responsibility to say what we see. Um, I don't want to see someone squatting with uh, their knees caving in, their like low back, their back rounding, and not say something. Right, and it's just the it's my instinct to say something. See something, say something. Yeah, because I mean, I think we, we have a duty to these people who are who are coming in to you know our shops, and we want to make sure that they're getting the most out of these sessions. So, um, you know, it, it, whether it's you know effort, whether it's form, wh- whatever it might be, we owe it to them to say something. Mm-hmm. And I and that's the difference. That's why you're successful. That's why Cut Seven is successful you've opened up space for people and yeah. it's rare. There you go. Speaking of opening up spaces, nice transition here. That, was uh, that yeah, the, yeah. uh, the pandemic, it's been, uh, it's been really easy for you guys. Oh, right. You guys haven't done, you guys haven't worked much, right? It's been, it's been pretty smooth sailing. Just like everyone else just killing it. Just like everyone else. So <laughs> a year ago, you guys shut down your studio, your baby and you know, pivot to online classes. Talk, talk to me about it. Cause everybody and their mother switched to online classes. 
but you know, you guys built out a whole platform and, and, you know, created the cut seven go. Um, and, 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 you know, take me through that. So if you remember like in mid March, when we, when the pandemic started, they told us that it was going to be like two weeks of a shutdown. 15 days ish, flatten the curve. Yeah, exactly. That's all. Just stay home for two weeks. So my thought was, if we're going to be there, if they're going to be home for two weeks, I don't want my programming to have to take two weeks to go two weeks back, uh, backward. Mm -hmm. So I just, that day made a free workout for people on Instagram to do. And I was like, I will make a workout for everyone based on our muscle focus of the day um, for the next two weeks. So I just committed to that and we committed to the coaches. The coaches weren't working. So we were like, we're going to pay you to make these workouts. Um, So all the coaches were in, we made two weeks worth of workouts. Then within that two weeks, they were like, Oh, it's going to be another two weeks. And then it's like, Oh, it's going to be a month. They're like, we don't really know. (laughs) So within that time we said, okay, then we need to like give them like real workouts and, coach them. Let's see if we can do that. So we went to zoom. Um, and we started recording ourselves working out and we put it all on Vimeo and Vimeo wasn't made for that. So, so we ended up building out a platform, um, called cut seven play where we, Oh no, it's fine. We, we had all of our pre-recorded workouts, and we were doing Zoom on the side since everyone was forced to kind of work out at home. Right. Um, and it, yeah, it was it was hard. It was very difficult. Um, it was not by any means awesome. Um, like the product. Are you still uh, doing it now? We just pressed pause on Cut Seven Play. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love a good pun. I had to, I had, you know, you, your transitions, I had to match it. I love so a we good just, pun. yeah, we just, we just paused it. Um, because, um, honestly I have no love for it. Yeah. I, I thought it was when we started doing it, I'm like, this is a forever thing. We're now going to do this always. Um, you know, pandemic decision. And that was, it's just not true. I love seeing people being around people, um, coaching classes as they should be coaching as yeah. they should coach. Um, so yeah, we'll go back to it. We'll, we will have an online platform, but for right now it's time to concentrate on what we do best. Yeah. I think, I, I think we were the same way. We switched to like telehealth and I was like, this is great. This is super effective. Uh, and, and patients are, are, are loving it, getting a lot out of it still. And then at some point in June, I started letting people come back into the clinic and I was like, oh, this is, this is better. I like this. Yeah. I like this. And I still, right. we still do the virtual sessions with people, some people who aren't vaccinated, not comfortable coming in, you know, whether they're traveling and, and you know, whether they're traveling for work, whatever it might be, uh, people, you know, it, it's just something that's going to be built in now where it's like, Oh, I can't make it because I'm, you know, stuck at home. Well, how about we do a virtual session? So it's, it's there on the the back, the, in the background, I guess, for people uh, versus 
we just didn't have the capability pre-COVID. So it provides value. But yeah, I definitely thought like, this is it. Like maybe I should just switch my whole practice to just <laughs> virtual and we'll do virtual sessions. We'll be a telehealth company. It'll be great. And then people came in they're like, oh, I like lifting heavy weights. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. It was, um, you know, and I do think that there's a place for it. I mean, listen, yeah. we were able to upload and put together over 400 workouts. I mean, that's so we huge. Have, we have like 500 plus workouts uh, since well, I should say we have 400 plus workouts and content of like 500 plus where we have like little small videos, uh, right. educational videos, rebuild, which is like foam rolling techniques and stuff like that um, of content on this platform. Have you put anything so, on YouTube? Um, yeah, we did do. We, we, so we went from Vimeo to YouTube. Okay. And then the whole time we were doing this, the platform was being built. Gotcha. So we have, it's a smorgasbord, but it's right. all on cut seven play right now. Gotcha. Yeah. And I imagine, cause I know we've been putting things onto YouTube and just more for like, uh, SEO purposes where people, cause you know, YouTube is owned by Google. So, uh, you know, if people search shoulder pain, Washington DC and then our YouTube videos come up, you know, yeah. that's one, one of those kind of, one of those kind of things. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea. Um, most of our content now is free. Um, because it's just education. Um, it's education based. We have some like assessment type stuff, like easy fitness. Well, not easy, but fitness assessment type stuff to just see where you are. Um, but again, like you said, the in-person stuff is it's, it's our base. Right. hundred percent. So now you guys decided to open up a new location. We did. At what point were you like, let's fucking do this. (laughs) <laughs> so we were going to open up a location right in uh march in march we were going to open up uh another location on u street oh wow so l- luckily march march 2020 march 2020 okay like the deal was made we had the lease we had all we had to do was sign give the deposit and then COVID happened then wow. we we're like one of our members is like don't do it and we were like, uh, yeah, like, you know, anything, it's going to be two weeks. So we waited and we waited and then we were like, uh, let's definitely not do this. Um, so we had like a little bit of a slush fund that we had been saving for that location. Um, and we decided to keep paying the coaches and we went outside and rented a couple fields. And then we were like, we had neighbors who just did not like us still do because we were outside and we were like, we need to find a spot. That's just like, that's ours outside. And we were walking by on 14th street and saw a number. I called it. The dude's like, I have bars calling me every day asking me about this spot. I got all kinds of people who want it. Why should I give it to you? And I'm like, okay. Here's my elevator pitch. Oh man. (laughs) And he's like, you know, I like the idea of fitness. I like the idea of health, um, especially during this time. He's like, here, it's yours. Um, I'll let you sign a short-term lease, but I'm not signing anything long-term because they want to sell the building eventually. So we have it. He says, as long as we want, 
but as long as they, you know, until they have a buyer, I'm sure. Um, so, but yeah, we just walked by, we decided to take the rest of our money and put it into that. So we zeroed out, um, to put that place together on 14th. Wow. And, and so, so you're, so you guys are going to be there from now on. Yeah, we're there. Um, that's ours. Um, and we are going to come back into 1101 in the indoor space. We're going to start with vaccinated classes as a, uh, we already have a strength series going on right now inside uh, with just six folks. Um, but we will always have the outdoor option. Um, that's going to be, you know, this, here's another, like, we're going to be doing this forever type, you know, <laughs> um, no, honestly, I'm not going to do what we did last winter again. I refused. It was so hard and awful. <laughs> the shoveling of the snow and, and oh, do you get a snowblower? You get a snowblower? You got to get a snowblower. So we had a, um, yeah, we have like a leaf blower that oh, okay. like that. Um, it's so loud. So like I had to shovel at 6am because I can't uh, turn the blower on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, like, I don't know. At that point I'd probably just say, screw it. Sorry, neighbors. Yeah. Right. Maybe give them a free class. <laughs> And we tried everything. They don't want it. <laughs> the neighbors over there, yeah, they are. Uh, I know they've they've caused like issues with like other like construction in the neighborhood and, and stuff. Yeah, so. but listen, we're a small business. We're a mom and pop. It's me and my wife who are the only two literally mom and pop in this thing. Yeah, um, we're the only two owners. So like, this is our livelihood. It's how we, our coaches eat for the most part. It's how our daughter eats. Like, we're not doing anything crazy we're not super loud um just let us turn their leaf blower on at 5 30 in the morning let me turn the leaf blower on man there's so much <laughs> snow <laughs> oh my god so yeah I've, i have a feeling yeah next next winter when that uh when it gets cold again it'll probably uh we hope to cover happen. it honestly oh we hope to cover it and enclose it to a certain extent um so we can have some space heaters in there and things like that tent it um, up so we'll see I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. So we're getting down to the, uh, the end here. And uh, I got a few more questions for you here. I know we're, I feel sure. like we could probably talk for another two hours. Uh, yeah, seriously. But, but uh, what's, uh, what's the last book you read or, or listened to? Um, the last book I read was called Musashi. Musashi. It's about a, uh, a sword master in feudal Japan who developed a, uh, his own style of swordsmanship is a true story. Um, and he also read a book called the book of the five rings. Um, it's a Zen philosophy book mm -hmm. and it ties in a lot of his philosophy about, it's really like mindfulness. Um, and it kind of ties into Buddhism and relates to like him perfecting his sword swordsmanship and how that helps him lead a better life. Um, very good book. It's super long, but I recommend okay. it for sure. Did you audiobook that or? I did both. Um, okay. Because it was, uh, it takes place in Japan, a lot of the names are very hard to pronounce. So I wanted to read them. Mm -hmm. So it was like what I did, like during my free time, I would read, walking in between like home, walking the dog, I would listen to. And, you know, Kindle does that thing where it like syncs it up. It's perfect. Right. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a audible guy. So I, I haven't, 
quite done that. So I got a, I, the the Kindle. That's not, I didn't realize it could like sync. Yeah, up man. Same right. company. I mean, and they just, it's a whisper sync. It's great. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, what are you watching on TV? Are you watching TV? You know, I, so I just finished the uh, Formula One show, um, Drive to Survive. Okay. And that's a pretty dope show. Um, it's it's got to like capture Alex's attention. Always. Oh, and I can't yeah. watch like really gory or uh, anything that like is scary, which no. is like, which includes like thrillers for some reason. <laughs> so I don't get to watch a lot of my stuff and I refuse to have her stuff on in the background while I'm working. Cause it's just. What's her stuff. Oh my God. It's. Oh. I don't want to, I don't want to put her out like this, but like, I mean, you're, you're here. Like, so she started with like Bridgerton. Which oh yeah. I guess is like, okay, that's, that's fine. Uh-huh. But then you run out of Bridgerton's <laughs> and Netflix starts like giving you what, like something a little bit less and then a little bit less. So she's like 17, like deviations down from Bridgerton right now. <laughs> it's oh just, my God. It, it's, it's so funny. It's so funny the way you say that. Cause like, you're absolutely right. Like I never thought about it. Like Netflix is like, here's the one show you watch. Then it's like, the like one half step below, then one half step below that, and then one half step below. That. And I, I like, I, you're absolutely right. That's absolutely like, like I'll definitely watch like a documentary. Like, That's awesome. And then it'd be like one kind of related. I'm like, right. Okay. And then I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then you go down the, the, that like Netflix rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we got, we got like one or two episodes into Bridgerton and I was like, I, well, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna work for me. Yeah. It's like, feel free to watch that on your own. Yes. Yeah, there was another one she Megan watched. I can't. Oh God, it was. I can't even remember the name of it. It was one of those soap opera e shows. Oh God, it was bad. Um, but I mean, yeah. to be fair, we did watch Real Housewives of Potomac together. So I mean, I am a I am a sucker for trashy <laughs> trashy like reality TV show. To be fair. Hey, listen. While you're, it's in the background doing work is fine. You know. Yeah. Um, but we were like in it, man. I mean, and I'm like. She got started during Christmas and she went through like every Hallmark movie ever. Oh, Netflix is bad with all those like oh. low budget Christmas movies. Yeah. Some of them were good. Not going to lie. But like, sorry about that. You know, city living. Yep. We're used to the sirens. You're good. But yeah, so we, um, yeah, I just, you know, actually I watched uh the Snyder cut of Justice League. Ah, okay. Which was basically as long as a season of a TV show. Like, so I, it took me like two weeks to finish it. So that was a pretty good show. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's like a show. There you go. I like it. Um, all right. So <clears throat> you've lived in the DC area now for how long? Uh, the DC area for 15 years. 15 years. All right. So what's one thing you think everyone needs to experience here in DC? One thing, everything, everyone needs to experience in DC. Uh, Don't be like, go to the monuments. Yeah. No. Um, I feel like walking, like getting lost, getting lost because it's, it's a small city 
And when you're, when you're in a new place that you've never been before, it's almost like, oh my goodness, I didn't know this existed. I get lost. I, I'm notorious for not using ways or anything. I just like to, okay, I know how this system works. I know how the grid system works. And I know how I'm trying to like, where I'm trying to get to. And I just get lost. And I, I like fight myself to use ways. I always, I've been for a lot, I don't know, like ever since Waze came out, I am just like locked into Waze. And it's like, but the thing is now, I like don't know how to get anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if the internet is out or my, I lose my phone or, or whatever, like I don't know where to get, how to go anywhere. Like back home in Long Island, like, you know, those were roads I was growing, I was driving my whole life growing up. And now like here in DC, I've been here for six years and, and I'm like, how do I get there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. But I'll never do it when someone else is in the car with me. I'll put on ways because I feel bad. Um, but Alex yell at you if you don't, if you don't put ways on, what's that? Does Alex yell at you if you don't put ways on? I mean, she does it automatically. She like connects her phone to the car and all of a sudden, like I hear the voice. So like, I don't even have to think about it. Um, but if I, if I'm like leaving an appointment or something like that, and I'm just like listening to an audio book or a podcast then I'm just trying to make my way home. There you go. There you go. Get lost in our big city. I like mm-hmm. it. What's your, uh, this has been uh, something we've been talking about here on the podcast recent weeks. What's your favorite burger in DC? Oof. Um, Alex is really into like, so I'm a vegetarian. Ooh. Okay. And I really love veggie burgers. Um, veggie burgers are kind of how I determine whether or not a restaurant is good. Okay, so this is this is this is important information here. And the one place that used to have the best veggie burger uh, stopped selling it, which was Shaw's Tavern. Um, and they keep telling me, "Oh, it's coming back. Don't worry, it's coming back." Um, so currently. Maybe Hip City Veg has kind of like this uh, veggie, like pita type thing, which is pretty amazing. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go with that. Hip City Veg. All right. Good to know. Yeah. I don't think anyone's given me a uh, a, a vegetarian option yet, so I think that's that's uh, important. Three Sisters, which was like maybe two, I don't know if they're still around. I hope they are, but they were hands down the best veggie burger in I've ever had. That was out in Arlington, right? That was, um, I thought they were like kind of like food trucky. Okay. So like they were all over the place. Shout out three sisters. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Chris, that is going to be it. Uh, if people want to connect with you, if they want to attend a cut seven class, how can they find you and cut seven? So Instagram handles, Chris Perrin, C-H-R-I-S-P-E-R-R-I-N seven um they can also uh shoot us a dm at cut seven c-u-t-s-e-v-e-n i'm happy to chat all things everything um yeah hit us up there you go chris thanks for coming on the show man and uh we'll definitely be talking soon mike appreciate it bud good to see you thank you so much for listening to move the district today If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more.
Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.